What's up, y'all? This is another edition of Let's Talk B-Ball. Welcome back. This is your host with the most, Sahir Kabir. So today I'll be talking about the 2004 Detroit Pistons. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. All right, so let's get straight into this, man. I'm, I'm super excited. This is my second episode. So today I'm going to be talking about the 2004 Detroit Pistons, man. But today I thought I would first establish some kind of structure first because a lot of people were kind of telling me to do that and they're like you know that that's kind of something that I was hoping to do so I wanted to talk about first why I like this team why I chose it the background of the team so that would be like kind of the roster and stuff that would be like you know stuff like that that would be the coaching and stuff I'll talk about that I'll talk about the regular season record and I'll talk about how basically they proved everyone wrong and stuff in the regular season then I'll talk about the playoff run and then I'll finish with the final series and my thoughts on the Pistons now which you know we can (laughs) we'll, we'll, we'll get into that man the Pistons they've kind of been struggling recently but I think there's something there and that's something I want to talk about because you know as a Cavs fan it's it's you know it's hard for me not to sympathize with you guys because my team ain't doing much better right but yeah, man, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about in today's episode. First off, I want to basically start off with the obvious. Uh, congratulations to Ben Wallace for getting in the Hall of Fame, man. That that is really something, and like that that's kind of it was it was kind of funny that that happened because I was about to do this episode anyways. Like I I had the roadmap roadmap planned for my podcast basically, and this was like the second episode I picked because I I do like that team this team that much, right? But it's kind of topical that this happened and that he got inducted into the Hall of Fame because I really think he deserves it. I'll get more into why later. But yeah. And so I'm going to start off with why I like this team. Because a lot of y'all are probably wondering, bro, Sahir, you're probably, you're like 17. This team was in 2004. You were one years old. What, what attachment do you have to this team, right? And I'll get into that. Because I was one years old. I, I I was not even in diapers when this team was doing their thing and they were doing their, what they were doing. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, my favorite player is LeBron. You all know that. And when, when he debuted, I was, <laughs> I was not even born, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, I like this team because even though I was literally not conscious when they were doing their thing because of just the um, the underdogs that they were, man. I think anyone can appreciate a good underdog story. If you're looking at like sports and movies and stuff like that, anyone can appreciate a good underdog story because that's the one that always gets told when when you have like a high school team and they're like, oh, we can't beat this this basketball team who is like so much better and they have this guy named Chad, right? It, it, it's I love stories like that. If you look, give me any sort of thing where it's like, I'm I'm just watching a game of like I don't know cricket. I don't really follow cricket like that. I mean, you know, I gotta support Bangladesh, right? But if I'm watching a cricket game, it, like a big time team like Pakistan versus like I don't know the West Indies or something. Well, I don't know how they are at cricket now. But if I'm watching that, I'm gonna support the West Indies, bro. Like you gotta support the the underdog team. And I think that's why I appreciate this so much. And that's why the title of the episode is that because it's like certified underdogs. And in this team, there was there was just like no all. I mean, there were all stars, right? But there were no Hall of Famers. They didn't have that one singular guy, man. And that one guy, like you could say, was Ben Wallace in a way. But they didn't have 
like a Kobe, Shaq generational talent, but they still won the championship, you know, and they still won the title just basically by working hard. And that's why I love this roster so much, man. That's why it's so inspiring to me. And I think it kind of goes to show the fact that I was literally crapping my pants and diapers while this team was doing their thing and even I can still appreciate it now. I think that really shows you just how special this team is and that's why I want more people to appreciate it, and that's why I'm sitting here in a closet recording it 17, <laughs> 17 years later, right? Yeah, so that's that's basically why I like it, man. Like, I think anyone can appreciate a good underdog story and I keep saying that, but it's true. And the fact that they went up against such a dominant Lakers team who had Kobe, who had Shaq in their primes, not like not like old wash Shaq. They had Kobe in his prime, bro. Like you you don't know how scary that is. I mean, like like you know, <laughs> it's like is mind-boggling that they were able to do that and that's why I like it. And again, mind you, 1-year-old Sahir, right? He can't really you like like you know how in the Cavs podcast I basically talked about my experience with the Cavs and like why I like them so much. I can't really do that this time like cuz I I I was not I don't know where I was <laughs> when back then. But I can talk about how I kind of stumbled on this team cuz it, it's it's still relevant, right? So I think it it makes sense. So I have a Rashid Wallace jersey, and since I'm sitting in my closet, I'm kind of looking right at it, you know? I, I really liked Rashid Wallace, who was a, he was on the, the team. He's different from Ben Wallace, which, you know. But yeah, I, I like Rashid Wallace because he's basically this Muslim guy. Um, and as a young ki kid, you know, as like a young teen who's Muslim and in a very Christian majority country, or like, I, I, I'm always like looking for idols. <laughs> like, I was always looking for like people who were like me in a lot of ways. So, and I found that in Rashid Wallace because like, bro, this guy's a Muslim. He's doing his thing. He's hooping, right? He was hooping. I thought, I thought it was so cool, bro. And then when I started to read more about Rashid Wallace in this 2004 run, then I started to get more interested in the actual team. Like, then, then, and like the other guys, like Ben Wallace, like Chauncey Billups and stuff, and how dominant they were. And yeah, I think, I think that's kind of what led me to making this podcast. I, I should, I, I would actually put on my Rashid Wallace jersey right now, but you know, I kind of just woke up and, and stuff. So, you know, it's all good. And I think another team that uh, another thing that makes this team so special to me is just the the style of basketball they played cuz you know I did go back and I watched old clips to do research for this podcast. Just the 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 way they played basketball, it was very reminiscent of the the stellar defense of the bad boy era, which, you know, I, I saw in the Michael, the Michael Jordan documentary. And that was like the last time the Pistons were actually, you know, good and competent since that 2004. I mean, since the like 1980s, the 2004 was the last time I can really say they were good. Uh, no shade Piston fans, but you know, it, that's, that's another reason why I like them so much. Cause I do like that bad boy era where they were like shoving everyone around, but it was, is different though. It's different. They just played a very gritty, hard work style of basketball and the documentary that I watched to prepare for this podcast it's called it was the 2004 world champion documentary bro and the the YouTube channel is vintage NBA games that's where I found it and it's a good documentary it's so it's like very 2000s you know so the guy has such an announcer voice he's like Chauncey Billups hits a big time shot and then Ben Wallace blocks the shot on the other court it's very cool and I really do recommend you check it out because this is kind of how I did research for this because, you know, I wasn't alive. That documentary basically mentions Larry Brown and his the way he played basketball. I'll get into more of that later when I talk about the regular season, but I think that's kind of something that that's like 
really what attached me to this team in a lot of ways, just the way they play defense, because there's a saying that's like, offense wins games and defense wins championships, and I think this team is literally the definition of that saying. Alright, yeah, so now that I've kind of pretty much in-depth discussed why I like this team, despite, you know, being one years old at the time... I think I should be probably be talking about the regular season now. So the season for Detroit ended the the year before with them getting knocked out by the New Jersey Nets. And they were, they were in the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs, but they got knocked out by the Nets. So I'll, I'll get into more of that later because they actually do end up playing them on their playoff run and their championship run. But yeah, so they, they get knocked out by the Nets. And basically the coach who was Rick Carlisle, who, who actually coaches for the Mavs now, the Mavericks, I don't know. I don't even know if he still does, but you know, they fire Rick Carlisle and they replace him with a new guy called Larry Brown. And Larry Brown, if you know anything about the way he plays basketball, and I don't really know too much. I, I basically just know what that documentary told me, and and like what I know from interviews that I did for the that I watched. He plays a very hard line, grit and grind style of basketball, and it very it fit the team. But at the time, there were a lot of questions. He is someone who wanted things done pretty much exactly his way. He is someone that is very strict about the fundamentals of basketball. And it took some time for them to adapt to that system. They had a very bad start in the beginning of the season. They were kind of getting used to how Larry Brown wanted them to play and how it, it was supposed to work his system. But over time, they start kind of adapting to Brown's system. And Brown, he plays a very unselfish style of basketball and defense where everyone can get a piece of the ball the documentary mentions undefeated chemistry and an unselfish play style that's like the basics for brown's system right and it took them time to get used to that on the roster they had guys like ben wallace who, who i mentioned rip hamilton chauncey billups and then later in the midway point of the season they get this guy named, they get Rashid Wallace, right? Who I was talking about before, right? So they get Rashid Wallace in the middle and he was traded from the Portland Trailblazers. And I, there's kind of a funny story about him. Uh, I don't know if it's about him. I don't remember, but I, I remember, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but it was like the the Trailblazers, that's the team, right? A lot of their players got caught with um, marijuana, right? And... <laughs> And I think Rashid Wallace was on the team at the time, right? And they got caught with weed. And it's funny because the, the nickname for the team is the Blazers, right? <laughs> so, I mean, anyways, lame joke, but, you know, I digress. Yeah, so let's get back into this. Um, They had other guys. There was a guy named Darko Milicic who they drafted the year before in the draft class with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, you know, LeBron. That's like the greatest draft class, and that was the year that I was born. And... He turned out to be kind of a bust. Uh, everyone kind of knows he, he was he was not very good, but they had him and he actually became the youngest player to ever win a championship. I'm pretty sure they had him. They drafted him. They had another guy named Mehmet Okur from Turkey. And I like him too. They had another guy named Tayshaun Prince. Well, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about like his, his big moment back when in, in the playoffs against the, the Pacers and stuff. I'll talk a bit more about him, but yeah, they, they had a pretty well-rounded roster. Like, a lot of these guys, you notice, they're not, like, like I was saying, generational talent. No offense to them. Like, obviously, they could beat me in a 1v1. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, they won a damn championship, right? But it's not like they weren't talent you'll never see again, right? And all of these guys kind of came together to win that championship later on. 
and that's why it's so cool to me. And and people were saying before, like there was a, a YouTube video I watched, like how this team won with no Hall of Famers. And I mean, you can't really say that anymore because you know Ben Wallace got inducted in the Hall of Fame, so it doesn't really it doesn't really apply here. But you know, it, it did apply, and and I think it's still very important to the identity of this team. So yeah, Rashid Wallace ends up coming in on February, and he fits right in basically. And he's pretty much like made for the system that Larry Brown made. And and they all kind of, they, they fit together. And the way they move the ball around, I was watching it. The way they move the ball around is so unselfish. It's so fluid. It, like it makes for great sequences. Like where like, like Rip Hamilton will finding out, find an opening and then he'll like thread the needle to Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace dunks it or like they're they're kind of watching the ball rotate ben wallace slaps it off the backboard rashid wallace like i don't know there there's a lot of these good sequences that when you go back and watch the highlights you can really see that grit and grind unselfish play style so they start putting together some good wins they they start putting together really good wins and they end up from having a very bad like a pretty bad record in the beginning of the season they end up being the third seed and they went they went 54 and 28 and that's not like you know that's a gr that's a great record right but i feel like no one really expected them to win the the championship i think at the f the time the pacers were the favorites and it's kind of interesting that players that that pacers versus pistons game because i'll get into that later there's kind of a bit of a drama there that I'll talk about. They they basically put together those wins again by that undefeated chemistry, unselfish play style that they mention. And I think again, that's what makes that team special. So yeah, we're going to take a short break really quickly and then I'm going to start to get into the playoff run. I'm going to run an ad from my boy Luca. His podcast is called Desi Premed and if you're Desi or you're not and you want to go into premed, I highly recommend checking out his podcast. So yeah. Do you want to know the best way to get into med school? Well, the Desi Pre-Med Podcast is a podcast for you, where I, your host, Luca Varghese, will be interviewing different doctors and finding out their inspirations, their struggles, and how they got into med school so you can become the best doctor possible. Yeah, so that was my guy Luca, man. Uh, make sure to check him out. His podcast, again, is called Desi Pre-Med, if you couldn't tell by that ad. And yeah, I, I really recommend it. He goes and he interviews a lot of great people, and he interviewed his dad. So yeah, if you're into that, definitely go check that out. So yeah, let's let's get back into this, man. All right, so now we're going to start talking about the playoff run. So we know basically what happened with Rick Carlisle, because I just explained that, right? <laughs> I explained that they basically fired Rick Carlisle. And they meet him later in the playoffs, and I'm going to get into that later. And that's kind of the drama I was referring to. But yeah. So they they go against actually the Bucks, who were the sixth seed in the first round, and they do pretty well. They they pretty much cruise past the Bucks. It was four one, and there's not really a lot to say about that series except that they pretty much did what they were supposed to do. They got out of there in five games, so there's not a lot to say about that. And where things start to get really interesting in the playoff run is their game against the New Jersey Nets. I was saying before about how the Nets were basically like they knocked them out of the playoffs last time. So there was still some tension there. And the Nets, they have guys like who, who they have like Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson, I think are the two biggest names that were on that team. And, you know, we show a lot of love to Richard Jefferson. You know, he was he was kind of like our main source of info for the last podcast. But in this situation, he's actually the bad guy. I mean, he's not a bad guy, right? But like like he's he's the guy that they're trying to beat, right? 
I'm not, well, I mean, the guy they're trying to beat is really Jason Kidd, but Richard Jefferson is there also. And we show a lot of love to Richard Jefferson, so shout out to him. Anyways, Richard Jefferson's there. Jason Kidd's there. I believe they have Alonzo Mourning on the team, but I think he was injured at the time. And Alonzo Mourning, obviously, he was, he's like a legend, so yeah. And this series gets super complicated because that's where they were starting to struggle. After, they're, they're basically splitting the first four games, and then game five. Game five happens. And they start tying. It, it's like pretty neck and neck. And then the Nets kind of get a lead in game five, and then Chauncey Billups hits this big time shot. They have just under three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Billups. Here it is. He's got it. He's got it. Chauncey Billups hits the three. After he hits that shot, then they start going back and forth, back and forth, and then they go into triple OT, triple overtime, which is pretty insane. So, like, um, it, it's like. How do, you, how do you even do that, you know? Like, I've seen double OT before, but especially in a playoff game, that must have been, like, a nail-biter to watch. Obviously, again, I didn't watch it when it was happening, and I hate to keep saying this, but, yeah, I have to stress the importance that I was not there, right? Um, I mean, I was, but, you know, in diapers. A anyways, anyways, again, not in the... Not, not the point. That... It must have been, uh, I, the, the guy, there was a guy they were interviewing in the documentary, he says, that must have been one of the most crushing series I've ever watched, because the Nets end up taking that game. In triple OT, and they fight, and they play a game six after that. Very early in the game, they start to fall behind. They start to fall behind, and they're, they're down by like 12. And then the Pistons basically come back in the second quarter, and they, they force a game seven. They force a game seven after coming back from that so it's a very nail-biting sequence do you see what i'm saying here and after they force that game seven then they just they just completely annihilate the the nets after that and it's it's important to mention again that the nets were the one who knocked them out so it was especially sweet so yeah that's how basically that game goes and then we get to the eastern conference finals and they play against the indiana pacers now the pacers have Pretty much the main guy on their team is Reggie Miller. And a lot of you know Reggie Miller. He's pretty much like a basketball legend. He's one of my dad's favorite players. He always talks about him. And at this point in his career, he wasn't like the young guy on the block like how he was for Jordan, right? And that's basically how my dad knows him. But he wasn't that anymore. He was kind of like this aging uh, veteran in the NBA. I, I don't remember exactly what age he was, but he was old, man. So yeah, that's basically what Reggie Miller was and... He was still really damn good at basketball, right? So there was still a challenge there, and that's that's what that was. And after that, I mean, another thing worth mentioning about the Pacers is, again, Rick Carlisle was the coach, the guy the Pistons literally fired. So it was kind of like a revenge series. The Pistons were the one seed, and they were pretty much the favorites in the East to, to if there, anyone in the East was going to win a title versus the Lakers. They were pretty much the favorites. And I think... Basically, that was it. Just it just made the Pistons underdogs in a way, in a lot of ways. Just the fact that they had this legendary player who was still really good at basketball, and then they had Rick Carlisle, and there was all this drama with that. So let me start breaking down the series. So in the first game, the Pistons they they actually kind of sell the bag in the last ninety minutes, and they they lose by four, which is which is pretty demoralizing. But then there's this moment where Rashid Wallace basically famously, he he says something like, yeah, we're going to win. 
something along the lines of that. I'll play the clip here, but he says something like, we're going to win. Y'all put it in the front page, back page, middle page, wherever, headliners, column one or two, we will win game two. Back off. We will win game two. Just a little tangent. I really love when stuff like that affects games because they actually did end up winning. And I love when, like, you know, when, when LeBron, when I was talking about in the Cavs podcast where he was like, where Klay Thompson was like, oh, yeah, he must have gotten his feelings hurt. And then LeBron starts playing out of his mind. I love stuff like that. Like, you can't really prove it, but come on. Yeah. And everyone was motivated after that. And the sequence from this game is amazing. I'm just going to kind of read it out to you. I, I, I watched this game, like, kind of just to do research the last couple minutes of it. But it's a really amazing sequence. And what happens is Chauncey Billups gets a rebound from Jermaine O'Neal basically blocking Rashid Wallace's shot. And then after that, Billups, get, like, basically gets the ball stolen from him. And he passes it, the, the guy who steals it, passes it to Reggie Miller. And Reggie Miller goes down the court for uh, a layup that would tie the game. So the game right now is 69-67, two-point game, and Detroit has the lead. And then then Miller comes up to the basket, and then Tayshawn Prince, who I, who I mentioned before, he basically runs up to the <laughs> he, he runs up to the left wing and he swats his shot with his just at his fingertips. And I was watching this the other day, and I I remember I was watching this. I was like, man. Even though, like, I kind of read about what happened there and I read about that game. And then Rip Hamilton recovers it and he gets fouled. He gets fouled and he makes three free throws and they, they win the game. They win the game and, and that, that's an amazing sequence. And I'll play a little bit of a clip from that too. Play of the night though, late in the game. Watch this, Rasheed with a ridiculous block by Jermaine O'Neal. Great block. Chauncey Billups, shot clock winding down, ball gets knocked away, watch the hustle by Tayshawn Prince, Reggie Miller, he can tie it with the layup, Tayshawn Prince came from out of nowhere. So yeah, that's, that's basically how that series went, because after that, they start winning more, and then they, they win the series 4-2, and then they advance to the NBA Finals for the first time since the bad boy era. All right, before I start kind of talking about the final series, which actually itself isn't as interesting as you would think, I should talk about how the Lakers were doing. Because it's kind of similar in a way to like how the Cavs were, because the Lakers were, again, giants, and they were the title favorites, overwhelmingly. And they had, who did they? They had Shaq and Kobe in their prime, and I want you to think just how scary that is. They basically, they beat... Uh, prime Kevin Garnett in the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves, right? And they beat him to, in the conference finals to get to the finals. And on that team, you had Shaq and Kobe, of course, who are like this dynamic dream duo who won a lot of championships together. And then you also have talent like Carl Malone and Gary Payton, who are kind of washed at this point. But it's still scary, right? Because they have they have that experience, right? And they're they they were like really great players, like Carl Malone. I mean, it's kind of I don't really care for him that much, but but like they're good players, and you have to admit that. And when you when you think about that, it's like how the hell are you gonna beat this team, right? Because because like prime Kobe and Shaq, there's just no way, right? But they do. They beat this team while they're literally in their prime. These two. And, and it was kind of like when Kobe was young. You can argue that Kobe had a lot of different primes. But it was when Kobe was younger and he was wearing eight and he had kind of like the afro a little bit. 
So yeah, that's that's basically what how that ended up. And I think that series turned out like it, it was still exciting to watch. But like when I was watching it, they they still beat they beat the Lakers by kind of a lot. They like not by a lot, but like they beat them in five games, right? So it's like there's there's still like a level of like I don't know, man. Like I don't know. That was just not as exciting or nail nail biting ironically as the Indiana Pacers or the um New Jersey Nets series. <laughs> and I think again to like just wrap this up a little bit. They 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 won the championship with that group of guys versus prime Kobe and Shaq who I think are generational talent. So it it just goes to show how impressive this team is with with guys like Chauncey Billups. Um and Chauncey Billups was probably key to them winning that series cuz he Basically, he got into the Lakers defense. He knew what he was doing. If you go back and watch those games, which I think you should do if you care that much, like I think you should go back and watch just how much of an impact he has as like a floor general and like like I don't know just how he penetrates the defense pause. Like I think I think that kind of stuff is like like very valuable and I think he definitely deserved that finals MVP that he got when you look at those games. And so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for that. And I just, you know, it's a very inspiring kind of story, very inspiring series. Now I'm going to start talking about the Pistons because obviously they kind of failed to ever achieve that level of glory again that they did in the 89 era and that they did in 2004, right? But I think the Pistons still have a very bright future. You know, you got guys like Killian Hayes, you got guys like Isaiah Stewart, I think is there, you know, that, that big guy, I think that's his name, Isaiah something. He's good. Uh, Sadiq Bey is a big guy, you know, Sekou Dumboya. These, these are all young guys and they still have a lot of time to develop. And I know that they're, you know, guys like Blake Griffin, D-Rose have left, but I think Detroit really has a bright future. And if they get a good pick in the lottery this year, it could be over. Like it could be really good for them. And I think they're in this, in this, in some way, they're in kind of the same situation as the Cavs are in the fact that they're so young and they're still developing. And yeah, I think I, I thought I'd just end on like a more positive note with, with the Pistons. Cause I know y'all have been struggling lately, Pistons fans. So hang in there, hang in there. You'll be good. You'll be good. And I keep telling myself that as a Cavs fan, but you know, I, I really do believe it. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my socials are talk pod on Instagram at talk pod all lowercase. And then let's talk bball, but there are underscores in the middle. And then also the letters are capitalized for the Twitter. Yeah. So I guess I'll see you guys later. Next time I'll be just doing, it's a diff bit of a different episode next time. I'll be breaking down my favorite player stories, just like very wacky ones. It'll be very chill. You know, we'll, we'll just, we'll have fun. Right. And I really recommend you tune in for that one. Yeah, I'll see you guys then. Have a great rest of your day and stay awesome. You're not trying too hard.